Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and I am joined uh, this week by a very special guest, a new guest who's never been on the show before, Miss Amy Kim. Hi! Ooh, I feel special already. <laughs> and this week, uh, we are going to be looking at... A- to tie into the release of Poor Things, although I've already seen it, so... Uh, to tie into the release of Poor Things, uh, we're going to mainly be... We're going to look at the favourite, but also sort of look at uh, the rest of the Yorgos Lanthimos's career. Uh, I was not able to get everything watched. Some I, I couldn't find. I couldn't find them. Just went looking in my usual places. My, my definitely... <laughs> very legal places and i couldn't find them at all and uh i just didn't get to watch everything so it's not going to be like a full retrospective but we're going to touch on a a decent amount of his work as a filmmaker yeah and i i i i'm not familiar like i hadn't seen any of these films until this year so i (laughs) i came in very just with no knowledge on him as a filmmaker. I like I I don't I was aware of his films, but I hadn't seen any of them. And meanwhile, when you asked me, I had only seen the favorite, and then mm-hmm. I only watched a couple of his other films. Like literally this week, I saw The Killing of the Sacred Deer and The Lobster, mm. and I started Dog Tooth, and then we had to record. So there, there <laughs> we go. There we have it. I've seen three of his films. Yeah, I, I I don't really know where to to, to... yeah his early films that I, I I could not find like they're very like not many people have seen them I imagine because they're very but like I, I tried looking on YouTube because I thought like oh maybe they'll be there no they're not mm. even on YouTube and I'm like that's where <laughs> I go to find like obscure like like a, a lot of the time stuff is just uploaded to YouTube and it's not been removed because nobody knows about it. So like, it doesn't, it's not the, it's not, the, it's not, it's not really a problem. They're like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's, yeah. It's, it's, that's yeah. not a movie, you know, part one out of 17 parts of this lovely movie. So yeah, his sort of early sort of films again, I, I haven't seen them, so I can't really say much, but they're in Greek, I believe. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos's earlier films. I took a quick look on Letterboxd and it actually doesn't seem like a lot of his earlier films were that well received, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. so I think I feel pretty good about just having seen the films of his that I have. So I think we yeah. have probably gotten to the point where we've seen the best of him as a filmmaker at this point. He's mm-hmm. evolved his craft at the point. And I'm making excuses right now because I'm lazy. Yeah. But you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Are you cool with it? I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm just looking. So his first one, My Best Friend. Literally, there's no plot synopsis on Wikipedia. <laughs> like, there's literally nothing. There's... Like the sort of like sort of opening lot of like lo- like line at the top saying what the film is like it says my best friend is a two thousand and one Greek comedy film directed by Yorgos Lanthimos and Lakis Lazopoulos. <laughs> it is Lanthimos's feature film directorial debut. Then there's the cast. Then there's the box office. Then there's the references. Then there's the external links. And then there's nothing. Like there's literally nothing about the film, and just looking at IMDb, it's got a five point two. 
So, you know, Ooh. not missing. Like, <laughs> I just want to see how many ratings of a thousand, of, like 1100 ratings. Like, that's not bad, to oh. be honest, for a film that. I would say still, a film by Yorgos Lanthimos, one of like the, I would say one of the more highly esteemed, currently working directors, only mm. having 1100 ratings. That's not a, that's not a great. Uh, no, signs. Then like, again, it doesn't exist. So, yeah, like you cannot um, find. It. Yeah, I, I could not find it. And then, so there was this follow-up film, Kineta, which we also haven't seen. Again, couldn't find it, but it's got a four point seven on IMDb. So that's you know, not that that's that's lower. Like that's, but it's also got more. Rate. It's got, <laughs> it's got twenty over twenty. Yeah. Um. But yeah, then he followed it up with Dogtooth, which I haven't seen, but like is readily available. So I will have to watch it. Um, I don't really know what Dogtooth is, like what what it's about. Um, or Alps, which is sort of which is the film we made after that. Because uh, I think that's the time to see them. I apologize. It's bad form of me. <laughs> I usually, if I'm covering a director, I usually watch all their films. But, you know, then this time, sorry. You you know, I, to be fair, this is these are not films that people are like. Oh, I want to. Although I know Dogtooth is very well regarded as a as a film. You're not going to get like any of my best friends uh, fans be like, "How dare you not include his masterpiece in your podcast?" You're not going to get people like that. Nobody really yeah. cares. Yeah, let's move on to yeah, the Lobster. Which I did start watching. I didn't get too far into it. I've seen like the first ten minutes, maybe. <laughs> so I'm not. Uh, which is not really. Which isn't a lot. I will admit. I'll, I'll finish watching it at some point because it's got you know. It's, mm. People say it's good, and it's got Colin Farrell. Can't go wrong with Colin Farrell. As long as he's doing his like yeah. As long as Colin Farrell like uses his regular voice like he doesn't do an accent then it's good if he if he has to do like an, an american accent then it's like you fucking nuded him like that's not it's not colin farrell you can't do that to can't do it to, he's got to use the irish accent and his irish accent so just lovely as well i don't know why you'd constrain him by that i actually have seen the lobster though and i mm. i have like sort of mixed feelings about it i definitely liked it and i think that it's like a fascinating concept and i liked how it satirized um the way modern romance works and how superficial mm. some of those connections can be but at the same yeah. time i think i wanted a bit more emotional investment in a movie that's mm. about romance because i think it kind of there's a point i won't spoil it for you since you haven't watched it but there's mm -hmm. a point where the film kind of shifts and initially, I was mm, totally okay. fine with it. I was on board with the film changing in a certain way. But I think it kind of lost steam after that because I wasn't really as invested anymore. Yeah. And I like, yeah, I like the ending. I like the movie. I would still give it like an 8 out of 10. But I think <laughs> that it just, it started off so strong and compelling and interesting. And then it sort of just like, ended on an okay. It ended on an okay for me, you know? Yeah. Rachel Weiss is I, I, so good at it. I love Rachel Weiss. Oh yeah, Rachel Weiss is in it. Uh, I'm just looking at the cast here. Olivia Coleman is in it. Uh John C. Riley, my boy. I loved I love John C. <laughs> Riley. He's so good. 
Like he's a like I genuinely think he's an incredible actor. Like I've, I've never seen him in a film and been like, yeah, that was kind of like not a good. I've seen I'm looking. I've seen eleven John C. Riley films, which you know isn't like mm. a high amount, but like like most of these are like eight out of ten. <laughs> like these are these are mm. you know most these are mostly yeah. I I, I can't. But yeah, the lobster. I haven't seen it. Sorry, but I have seen the killing of a sacred seal, <laughs> which I watched. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I really liked it. I thought it was very good. Yeah, I I thought I was I was watching it, and because Barry Keoghan's in it, and I saw Saltburn recently, and I'm like, is this going to be the second film I see this year where Barry Keoghan like? Because <laughs> they were talking about periods, and I'm like, oh, don't tell me this same thing is going to happen here. Okay, that's not one. Like, please don't. I'm like, God. I'm like, please don't. Please don't. I One was enough. I didn't, I was like, there's no way this, this, there's no way there's oh two movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, that's just, I'm just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, but Barry Kyogre, just one of those, like. You have to be afraid whenever he's on screen because you don't know what that little guy is going to do, okay? You got to be prepared for anything because that man is not afraid to get weird in his movies. I actually, mm-hmm. I do a little bit wish I hadn't seen Killing of a Sacred Deer before Saltburn because even though I did really like Saltburn, I think I have to say I prefer his performance in The Killing of a Sacred Tear just like a smidge more because it was just so unnerving. I was like terrified whenever he was on screen just saying his yeah. little things. And I was like, oh yeah. my god. Oh. There was a, a certain uncanniness to the film I felt. Yeah, Barry Kogan, I, I think like he's one of the best sort of up and coming. Is he up and coming t- still? I don't want to like I don't know if I don't. She's like, not coming to me. Okay. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what. Like, how do we determine what does up and coming mean? Like, I, I, it's not. But I think he's a, a great, a really good actor. It's a shame I don't like his Joker at all. It's, it's a, it's a shame that his Joker is terrible because he's <gasps> really good at being this <laughs> incredibly unnerving, like character. So theoretically, like his Joker should be great. Like if he's if he's that good at being just weird and and creepy and unnerving, I'm like, okay. So his Joker, like theoretically, but he doesn't. And I don't know if that's. I, I, yeah, he's barely in the Batman. I will. Admit. Yeah, he's not in it that much, so I can't mm-hmm. really say like too much on that. So again, he'll he'll be in more Bat, well at least another Batman. <laughs> So I guess we'll see then. But yeah, I think he's very, yeah, very good. I was just watching this, the film and being like, all right, this is, this is, this is a bit, this is a bit stressful. This is a bit not, 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 not really my, you know, I'm like, okay. The music, I think the music is a big part of that. I think the, the score. The music. Is- oh my God. The I think the music in The Lobster is like, does like, creates a similar effect of being like unnerving but it is cranked up so hard in the killing of a sacred deer i think i was just dressed as heck for the like back half Mm -hmm. of this film Mm -hmm. and even like in the beginning when nothing's really happening i was just enthralled because i'm like okay nothing's really happening but the way it's being shot and how intense the 
score is playing, something's happening, and I just couldn't stop watching it. No, I, I was, I, I, I sort of, I was like, okay, so this is going on. A, I was like, okay, it's a bit long. It's going on a bit, but then <laughs> and sort of we get get like when it gets to the third act, I'm like, all right, and then there's like sort of not the final scene, but like the where he's where Colin Farrell's got the gun, and he's spinning around. I'm like, oh, oh my god, this, this, oh, this god. is pretty good. I'm like, this is actually pretty good. I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah, no, I'm like, okay, you, you brought it all together. You know, I could sort of overlook yeah. the, the whole, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll, I can ignore that because, like, the last 10 minutes or so, I'm like, oh, that's just really fucked. That's good. That's <laughs> good. I like, I, but I'm like, that's good because I think that's, like, that's more engaged. It's like, oh, so you were... This you were building to something, you know, on like the favorite, which I think is kind of just like it just ends, but because they're just like, well, where where else can we go? But we'll get onto that in a minute. Yeah, there was a lot about it that I was like, because because you know I'm not because yeah, as I, I I sort of said this before, but yeah, there was a real sort of uncanny sort of vibe to it, and I couldn't mm-hmm. really. I was watching it like. How, and, and I think the score is like the main element of that. That's like because it's just like piercing, like violet, like it's just like str- it's like strings, it's like psycho, you know. It's just like this, like very like piercing orchestra. And I'm like, okay, please stop now. This is just getting a bit much. This is really going into that sort of tension, <laughs> you mm. know. And I'm like, this is. And I was, and I was just like, okay, this is, this is, this is good. Yeah, I, I think it, it like, I think that's probably the best part of the film is how well it's able to create an atmosphere, a vibe, you know, an atmosphere of like, yeah, yeah. The entire film felt very surgical to me i guess i think that's like the best way i could put it because it all feels so meticulously crafted and yet it's so unnerving like you shouldn't be watching this sort of and it was just all so tense and i really loved the experience because sometimes i just need a feel bad movie i just need a movie that just makes me feel like absolute gutter just like oh my gosh and then and then that ending, uh, oh, the ketchup, are you kidding me? It's, yeah, it's weird how engaging I found Barry Kogan just stuffing his face with spaghetti. Like, the way he's just eating, I'm like, why is that? <laughs> what is, why? Like, that shouldn't be interesting. Like, eating food is not an inherent. But he just has this sort of magnetic personality, almost. where. He's able to take something incredibly mundane, but make you so engaged by it. And I'm like, I like I I'm, I th- I think mm-hmm. like he's get, like he's gonna be a like he already is like becoming a bigger deal, but like he's mm-hmm. gonna go to like I think he's gonna hit that next level. He's just gonna be getting Oscar nominations, you know, left and right. Possibly a win. I I could see him winning mm-hmm. at some point, but not not yet necessarily. <laughs> But he can def- yeah. I can see him just showing up like every couple years he just puts out a great performance like Oscar Nob, you know, like I can like see Yeah. That. This might age terribly, but I think even with Saltburn, which came out right after his first Oscar nomination, I think he's gonna get at least a Golden Globe nomination. I think he will probably get that. And I think he's just 
gonna keep choosing interesting projects i think his philosophy is so fascinating i really hope he continues that trend of just doing interesting stuff and i think if he keeps going on that track he'll keep getting recognition for it yeah i'm just looking at his filmography now you know like he did dunkirk you know a nolan film and killing of the same year in the same year like that's two <laughs> completely different films you know he did um, um you know he did the Batman and the Banshees of Ben Sheeran again, two very different films. You know, he did. He was in Eternals. You know, like so he he's sort of popping up over it. You know, he's doing franchise stuff, but he's also got sort of the sort of more indie stuff. You know, he he did. He was in Chernobyl. You know, like he 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 pops up and things. You know, he 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 does. He's he's you know sort of spreading his presence. I guess you know he's not just one way or the other, and I and I think that's. Yeah, you know what a lot of actors should do. Uh, I'm lecturing actors on how to just do, you know, but yeah, just being <laughs> like, you know, do, doing lots of different things, you know, and, and you might not yeah. always be in a good film, but like, I think <laughs> doing different kinds of films is like is is a good thing, you know, you know, you know, having a varied resume of like look i i you know i can do franchise stuff but i can do smaller indies you know he's not and i think that's good because i think some actors sort of do get placed into sort of bubbles of like oh you do this a lot so this is what we're only going to cast you in forever and i think the way he's a the fact that he's been able to and the way he's been able to do this with like you know you know, he like he was he grew up in foster care. You know, he 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 was in thirteen foster care homes when he was younger. Like he's mm-hmm. not like you know he's come from nothing really. Like he is one of those true like rags to riches stories. You know, he's he's not someone mm-hmm. who like had parents who were film producers or whatever. You know, he he came from nothing. Killing those secretaries got again Colin Farrell again. Very good. I, I like Colin Farrell. I, I've never not liked Colin Farrell in something, you know, even when he is doing an accent, because it's still <laughs> Colin Farrell. I was actually most impressed by Nicole Kidman. I'm going to be honest. I really loved her in this movie. Yeah, I thought she was <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't, think, I didn't expect it to be a popular opinion. I just wanted to just get that out there, get that off my chest. I think she was the best performance in that. Maybe I'm biased because I do love. I do love Nicole Kidman, but I just really loved what she did here. And I and I was watching Killing My Sacred Year, and I was like, and I and there was and Barry Kogan and his mom, and I'm like, is that Alicia Silverstone? And 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 it was, and I was like, what the fuck? What? I haven't seen her in anything in fucking years. Like she just she was like a '90s, you know, like actor, and now and she doesn't really do much anymore because she was like a big thing in the 90s that we all and she sort of you know not like she didn't do stuff up like jesus christ she's been in a lot of things but i've just never just haven't yeah. seen it much of this because like fuck jesus christ so many credits on just a wikipedia page yeah no i, I think there's killing us yeah like as i say i think it it, it definitely goes on a bit I will say, but I think a lot of it, so much of it is engaging that it, it very much to me is like, well, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm someone who goes on about film length all the fucking time. 
like I, I I'm I'm very particular about film length. And that's, <laughs> you know, uh, the the opening shot of the film, I was just like, okay, we're just opening up with 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 surgery. Cool, 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 cool. Oh yeah, cool, I was cool. like, oh, I'm not doing that. I walked out of the room for a little bit because I can't I can't do that kind of stuff. But thankfully, not too much of it in this movie. So yeah, it's I, really I'm not. <laughs> and there's a lot about the film that's just like. It's a pretty fucked up film, and I think that hmm. you know I'm, I'm I can go with that you know as long as like it's saying something. If it's just like oh here's something oh we're gonna be edgy and have something fucked <laughs> up happen, but we're not saying anything. So, well, that's not. Is this like edgy comedians? Oh, saying ooh, ooh, saying things oh, I, I can't. Just said something controversial. Oh, I, I think a lot of films are just like oh edgy. Oh, it's like. Oh, we're gonna have a scene where someone's assaulted, and it's just like, but there's no, Ooh. but it's not saying anything. If you want to be like provocative, or if you want to like make a bold choice or whatever, you have to have something to back it up, have some substance to it. And I think that the killing of the sacred deer does like a lot of kooky stuff. It's a bit long. It makes some interesting choices and whatnot. But I think it all feels relatively justified because the way it all ends is so good it's just like like it's kind of terrifying i want i wouldn't call it like satisfying because if you think that's a satisfying ending like a real feel good cathartic ending go to therapy a little bit but it was just it just worked so well i i think that was because initially i was like okay why is he putting why is he putting bags in that and then he started spinning them like oh and i was like oh oh <laughs> right I actually don't, I like, I think that's like, I'm like, okay, that's a good ending. It's like fucked up, but it's like, it's, it's not <laughs> yeah. just fucked up for the sake of it. It's like a whole like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, I mean, that's probably the fairest way to do it. You know, it's not, it's not a great choice he has to make, but I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess like that's, if you, if you don't want to, because picking just feels, you know, and I'm like, you know, and then he, and he, yeah. he misses a couple times. And it's like, okay. And I'm like, he's eventually going to hit one of them. But it's like, you know, the power, the yeah. rule of three, like he misses the first two, but he hits it on the third. And then and then he does. And I'm like, and then there's just Barry Pitt just at the, the diner, just like with, a, with a glass of water, just sipping from a straw. And I'm like, why is that so <laughs> annoying? <laughs> Not annoying. No, that's what I'm talking about. Fuck it. No, it's it's like unnerving. It's it's like it's just so unnerving how he's just sitting there, just looking like, just slurping from a straw. And I'm like, okay, that's fucked up. But like, it's good. I I, I like it. I think that's a good ending. That's a good way to sort of end this film and be like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. I I, I think it's a good film. I think it's um, I give it an eight. I think I would give it like a, I think I'd give it a nine out of 10, honestly. I, I loved it. I loved the way it played with like, like, right, like righteousness. And if it's like, and how things are justified and whatnot. And I just love talking about yeah. it as well. Like talking about it with you has been really fun. And that, and, uh, but yeah, following on from that, we move on to the favorite. We're gonna not agree on this one. I, I like the movie. <laughs> We are not. But okay, like it's it's okay. It it is a movie, yeah, exists, and I and I don't. Mm. I'm 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 happy to have watched it. I don't really think it's that 
great. And like, we'll get into it, I'm sure, but I feel like you're about to just... When I had Sasha on, I just let Sasha just go on for a fucking minute uh-huh. and just don't didn't interrupt because I'm like, Sasha's got something he wants to say. I'm just going to sit back and not say anything because that'll ruin the flow. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> let him, just gonna let him go. And I feel like that's about, that's what's gonna happen right now. So I'm just gonna let you go and not <laughs> just, and just sit back, oh. just not say anything. Okay, okay. So the thing is, I'm not the most articulate person, so I'm not going to go on Sasha diatribe because he's a lot more well spoken about films and about like dissecting the themes and whatnot than I am. So I'm just going to say The Favorite is one of my all-time favorite movies. I love it. I love the power dynamics. I was watching Mm. The Favorite because of the dynamic between Anne, Sarah, and Abigail. Wanted to make sure I got those names right. I wanted to see the dynamic between those three characters. And it's just so juicy. I love it. I love the way that they play on like love and power. And the way it all culminates is just really kind of heartbreaking a bit like i was Mm. i came in here to laugh and have a good time but i didn't expect to be like a bit moved with Mm. the whole thing about how sarah she loves Anne, and that's because of she loves Anne. she's gonna tell her the truth but Mm. Anne's ego can't take it i just thought that was Mm -hmm. kind of heartbreaking a bit because i could kind of relate to that you don't want to hear the truth all the time but the people who love you will say it and I think the way it and then the the bunnies, the rabbits, I think the parallel with the mm-hmm. rabbits and Abigail, it's just juicy. And I really was just blown away a bit by the way the film ended. I like that's the note mm-hmm. that they chose to like that's the note they chose to end it on. And then I was thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, that works so well. So I'm just looking at the cast list here, because there's like only really like maybe like well, there's like the main three, then there's Nicholas Holt, mm-hmm. and there's Joe Alwyn, yeah. and Mark Gatiss. And then I'm just looking at the cast list. The eighth listed cast member is called Wanking Man. Like, there's yeah. not, like, that's just weird oh. that, like, the the guy in the carriage at the beginning, and I'm like, that is, that's, that's high billing for that part. Because he's only in, like, that just made me uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, we're not, we're, we're, we're starting off with oh. a guy. Great, cool. The actor did what he had to do, and I respect yeah. it. Eighth billing for Wanking Man, good for him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sort of the main cast. Olivia Coleman uh, is not the lead, by the way. I, I think it's, uh, I, she's not, I don't think she's the lead at all. I think Emma Stone is the lead. I think Olivia Coleman is supporting. Um, and it, like, you know, I, I'm not against her winning an Oscar. For that role. I, I think Emma Stone is the lead as well. However, for me, I think she's lead in the same way that, to me, Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon is lead. Because even though maybe the the screenplay or the screen time may not reflect either one as being lead, I think the presence that they have on the film and the impact that they have and the fact that they are the ones you take away from that film, what you're left with. I think that makes both of them feel lead to me in my heart of hearts. But yeah, I like, I think I, I mean, I'm just glad Olivia Coleman has an Oscar for that though. I think she's just yeah. brilliant. I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I mean, yeah, Olivia Coleman, I'm a 
big fan of Olivia Coleman. I, I've never n- not seen Olivia Coleman in something and thought she wasn't, you know, even in like something like Hot Fuzz, which is like a very small part of Hot Fuzz, but I think she's really great in that small role. You know, um, you know, Fleabag, I think she's very great in that. Oh, she's so good in Fleabag. <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, she's, yeah, she's, you know, the father, I thought, you know, very good in the father, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, and I, and, I, and I think she's very good in the favourite. I'm not going to pretend mm. I don't think she is. And I'm just like, eh, I don't know if I'd say she's the leader. I mean, she's top build. So maybe that's part of it, but I, I definitely don't think he is the lead. I think Emma Stone is the lead, who I've had a, an interesting relationship with as an actor. I've never, like, I never thought she was a bad actor. Generally was always like, she's an act, like, she's an, like, she's okay, was, was sort of my general thoughts on her. Um, but then I saw The Favourite, I thought she's very good in that. I've seen Poor Things. Uh, she should be winning the Oscar for Poor Things, by the way. Like, yes, we'd love to see it. Just like she's like she's literally a contender for the best performance of the year. I think I might prefer Mark Ruffalo in it, but I'll get on to that later. I think she's I think she's very very good in the favorite, and I've been watching uh, the Curse. And you know, I'm not sold on it. I'm, I'm three. I've watched like the three episodes they're at. I'm like. This is okay, um, but Emma Stone is very good in it. So I'm like, yeah, you know, she's. I think she's very yeah good in it. So Olivia Coleman and Rachel Vice. We've also well, well, fucking and Emma Stone. We've got Rachel Vice. Vice, I, I, Vice, Vice. I, mean, I don't know. Rachel, Rachel you've got. Yeah, I, I, I've not. I was just looking, and I'm like, I've not seen her in that much actually. Uh, it's probably the. I mean, this isn't the best film I've seen her in, but it's probably the best performance I've seen from her. But yeah, I, I, I think that the way the sort of the main three play off each other, I think work really well. I think that's like sort of the best part is the way those three characters mm. are. Yeah, the way they play off each other and work as sort of a um, yeah, like I, like the interesting stuff is their sort of dynamics. Uh, Nicholas Holt is also, and uh, I, I I do really like Nicholas Holt as well. I think Nicholas Holt is a very great yeah, actor. I love Nicholas Holt. I watched um about a boy recently, and I'm like, oh, that's yes, like, I love about a boy. And I'm and I'm like, oh, he's, he's ah, so he always was a good actor. I he, he, even as a child, he was pretty good. And I'm like, man, why are some child actors just awful? <laughs> and why it's um like re- like I just don't know like because like child acting is like so hit or miss. I know he's in the great as well. Yes, great in that he got an Emmy nomination for it, richly deserved. And I just that's what I think is the best thing he's been in personally, and his best performance. I think he they just use him so perfectly. His chops and just my chops, and he's just so funny and like kind of hard heartbreaking in that role i also think that tony mcnamara's script in that is just delightful i love his writing i'm really happy that he is the one he's the one who's writing the script for, for the four things movie because as a fan of the book i think that it should probably lend itself really well to his style of writing mark gatiss 
Yeah, he's. I, 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 to be honest, I can't remember most of like these other cast members. I'm just like, I remember the main three Nicholas Holt and the Wanking Man. That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> There's Joe Alwyn. He's Emma Stone's husband, right? Yeah, or that's Miss... the husband. He was like, he yeah. was okay, but it was yeah, like not, like, you don't watch the favorite and go, wow, Joe Alwyn's kind of good in this you just you don't yeah. remember him at all yeah the, the film yeah there's this whole like war thing going on and it's just like it it feels like you didn't really need that it it, 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 it like to me it's sort of like okay we've got this whole war thing but it never really feels like it's like really a plot point or anything it it, it feels more like th- that's just sort of a nice um fucking backdrop Backdrop? really yeah Yeah. but it's not like yeah particularly yeah it's not really it's not like i feel like if that was sort of not mentioned or anything i probably like honestly i kind of forgot about it as a um as sort of a element of the film just purely because it's like it's not i feel like it's, it's mentioned but it's also just sort of like there's no real, yeah, there's just nothing to it, really. And I'm just sort of like, yeah, okay, we can just sort of <laughs> not, you know, we can just sort of move on from it. You know, it's just this whole thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done. You know, like, I, I like, I'm kind of just like, I don't need this. Like, this doesn't engage me in any way. You know, like, I don't really care that, like, there's a war going on. I don't like it doesn't mean much to me. I'm just like give. I just want to know about. I just want to like see the the power dynamics, you know, between these sort of three and this whole sort of fight for the 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 top. You know, like who's going to be the yeah. one who. You know, that's what I'm like. This is what I'm more interested in than the whole like. Yeah. Oh, there's a war going on because that's just not. That's just not interesting to me. It's just like okay, let's just. Just get to the interesting stuff, which is the character mm-hmm. stuff, and oh, there's, there's bunnies. There's lots of bunnies. Well, well uh, I honestly do kind of agree with you about the war as a backdrop, except for me, I think I'm fine with it because I think it added drama to the movie. Just like you know, it's a little extra spice to it, and so I didn't really mind. It didn't detract too much from the film for me. Although I will admit, when I like look, went to Wikipedia and looked up the synopsis before recording this, because I want to make sure I remembered what the heck this movie was, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, there was a war going on in this movie." Yeah, and so I like completely forgot about that part. Yeah, because well, it's sort of they sort well. of yeah they they sort of reference it, but they never are like, "Oh, this is a you know," it's never sort of. It's not like a major plot point of the film, really. Mm. There's also, I mean, there's lots of, uh, there's a bit of, bit of sex in this, and I was like, okay, okay, cool. We're just gonna focus on this. Okay, I'm not sure <laughs> if if we if like we need all of this, but you know, like I I get the the whole thing of like I I understand it. It, it is interesting that Queen Anne was like a real person, right? I'm not misunderstanding that. Yeah, I think she was yeah. real. She was just not very famous. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah Queen important. Anne. 
And I think, because I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about the favorite as well. Um, and, and they were, well, they, I, I sort of, yeah, that's they're sort of more on my side. They're sort of like, yeah, it's all right. But they, 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 they didn't love it. And, and one of them was just talking about this whole, like, oh, these, these are these women that their, their friends must be, must be lesbians. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the film's, like, that's sort of the whole, the way the film is trying to portray it. But I can see that sort of point of, like, well, these women are close. Guess they must be lesbians. Like, I can see that as I can understand, like, where you can come, f- like, where someone can come from that and be like, mm, I'm not sure about that. I'm not necessarily oh, sure a- if that's, yeah, the, 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 I don't know. Like, cause I can understand that point of view, but I don't know. Maybe it just didn't bother me as much as, like, it doesn't detr- it doesn't impact my feelings on the film in any way, really. Honestly, the thing is, though, A, when we get, like, biopics and historical movies and whatnot, people change stuff all the time. I mean, you have Ridley Scott going on, oh like, rants God. about God. historians, about Napoleon, like, were you there? Then shut the fuck up. The other thing is, though, I feel like since stuff is in historical movies are altered all the time i don't a i don't get why this is an issue and b i feel like in terms of uh queerness and history in particular it's really rare that you get overt stuff and yeah often have to read between the lines because that like queerness wasn't like openly discussed back then a lot of the time and i feel like it's fine to read into stuff if you find that there's something that sounds interesting Mm. and Honestly, at the end of the day, though, do I think that them being lesbians enhanced the story? Absolutely. So I'm for it. I think I'm for it. That's that's my, that's my stance. That's my yeah, exactly. It, it's sort of this whole thing of like, you know, because it's just like, well, if you're going to do a one-to-one adaptation of what happened in real life, then that's fucking boring because real life is boring. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's the whole, it's the biopic thing. Again, it's like, can we just stop doing this? Can we like... You know, you don't have to directly adapt what happened. You can, you know, make some choices within reason that make the story more engaging or just don't make the movie. Like, it's this, like, whole... Because biopics fucking are just so, like... If you're going to make a, you know, make a biopic, you're going to make a film about a real-life thing that happened, you know, you, like... Not saying change the story necessarily, but, like... There are ways to make it more engaging than just a series of loosely connected events that are, like, at best tangentially related because that's what real life is mm. and that's boring. And that's not yeah. really a story. There's no there's no three arcs. There's no, you know, A, B, a to B arc in the film because yeah. real life doesn't really have that. And I think yeah. the favourite... It's just like know, a... It's, <laughs> yeah. Taking from real life, but it's sort of like doing its own thing i i think the film though i again i think it's it's just too long and i wasn't as engaging through i i like sort of all this like whenever queen anne was interacting with rachel weiss or emma stone i was like this is good i like this and whenever Mm -hmm. it wasn't that like when emma stone's with like her partner or whatever i'm just like okay yeah cool she's wanking him off while talking about something else okay 
fucking can we just get on with it you know we're just we're really focusing on <laughs> this moment and it doesn't i don't need it i like i i get the whole like the point of that scene to a degree of like okay she's sort of figuring things out but is there a need for her to be i don't like i don't know i don't know if we needed all the elements of that scene you know it, 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 it felt know. like like unnecessary to you or yeah, like I'm, I'm just. Yeah. I don't know if over the top. It's just sort of like, like okay, like, like we didn't need it exactly. Yeah, it's like you know, if you're gonna have like sexual content, can there be like a point to it? Like, like I know, like mm-hmm. I don't want it there just for like it. It almost just feels like okay, what are, are we just doing this because we can? Like, is or is it? Is there a ne- need for it? Like, I think Poor Things is, is an example where it's like, okay, there's some sexual stuff here, but, like, it worked. Well, first of all, because some of it is really, like, funny, and I was like, what the fuck am I? What? Like, this is, like, like my... We'll, I mean, we'll talk about Poor Things soon. Also, it doesn't really have it. Like, I kind of... Because initially I was like... It doesn't really have an ending, kind of like it. It, it it's sort of like I wasn't left particularly satisfied with the ending, and and maybe that's the point. But I don't really know. Like, and I'm not against like sort of a sort of bleak kind of ending per se. But I just don't think the favorite. Really, I think that's part of it too. I think I need an ending of a film to work, and if the ending doesn't work, then it's gonna depending on how much I enjoyed the sort of however long the film is beforehand, that will sort of like promising young woman, which we covered what I covered recently. I think the film's really great until the ending. And I'm like, I don't like that ending, but it's the mm. whole I think. So like if the ending doesn't come together for me, then I'm like, okay, this is then that all sort of impact. Cause it, cause I was just sort of left like, okay, I feel like it's trying to say something here, but I don't quite know what. And it's sort of, sort of like, okay, we're trying to, um, yeah, it just sort of felt like the film sort of reached a point and it was like, well, we can't really go any further. So we kind of have to end it here. That was just sort of my take on it. And mm. um, I feel like you're about to disagree with me and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I am about to disagree with you and tell you you're wrong. Wow. How insightful. <laughs> I do kind of get where you're coming from because it does to a point like feel like, oh, okay, we're building up to something and then it kind of just ends. But I think that how to how to phrase this, how to phrase this. I think it established the power dynamic really mm-hmm. well. And it sort of just all came crumbling down for Abigail because of who she was at her core. And I think it's really I really like how, maybe not like, I don't take joy in this fact, but I found it interesting how Anne, after realizing what what Abigail sees her as and how Abigail's love for her isn't actual love, she's just been using her this whole time and pretending to be nice mm. and pretending to seem sweet and care about the rabbits. Oh, the cute little rabbits. <laughs> but after she gets everything she ever wanted, she doesn't care. She has the queen right where she wants her. She has her husband who's um, a royal guy and that's great for her. And she doesn't care. Who cares about the 
stupid, dumb rabbits that are the stand-in for Queen Anne's children. She doesn't care about... Mm. She's a cruel person at her core. And she starts, like, like crushing them with her boot. And I think that's mm. when Queen Anne realizes, oh, this is the person yeah, that I have I chose, chosen. Yeah, I, I chose the wrong person. And then, but then she's not really good either because for Queen Anne, it's also a kind of transactional relationship. She has been using Abigail for sex and whatnot. And so in the mm. end, she puts her foot down, like literally, and she's like, this is what you are to me. You are mine. And mm. don't go thinking that you can that you're not you're not above the bunnies. You are yeah. my you are just another bunny to me. You mm. are one of my things and I can still get rid of you even though I got rid of someone I loved for you. And I think that's just something I loved a lot, but that's because me personally, I am that just deeply invested in character dynamics. And that's the whole reason why I watch movies and TV shows. It's to get engaged in characters and how they interact with one another. And in that sense, for me, that was the perfect ending to the movie, mm-hmm. I guess. But and I, and I do like the whole sort of element of like Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone they're sort of playing two different games. Like Rachel Weiss's character, you know, is like, wait, wait sorry, what, which is who is who again? Abigail is Emma Stone. Uh, oh yeah, okay, Abigail is Sarah is Rachel. Sarah is Rachel. Wise. Yeah, you know, and because yeah, she was like you know, she's she's a real person. She was she died apparently a very rich woman. Her descendants will eventually sit on the throne in the UK. Again, I I haven't I hadn't heard about any of these people beforehand, but I also am not British and I have no fucking investment in the royal family because why would I? They're like rich <laughs> white people who are, who like don't interest me. Uh, where the romanticization of the royals that I'm like, okay, mm. are we really gonna do that? We're gonna make these incredibly rich white racist for the most part white people like we're gonna champion them as you know i just like you know it's just like Mm. i don't i don't it doesn't it's just weird it's just weird to me i don't i just don't (laughs) get it the favorite it's um it's it's a movie it's 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 a movie it's i think of the best picture nominees i have seen from that year i think it's my least favorite let me look oh my god what have you seen um i've seen I gotta. Rem- I've seen. I think I've seen half of them. I. I don't. I, have, I don't think I've seen. I haven't seen Green Book. Okay. I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Okay. I okay. haven't okay. seen Roma. I haven't okay. seen A Star Is Born. So I've seen. I've seen Black Panther, Black Klansman, The Favorite, and Vice. Oh, I want to see Vice so bad. I feel like I would love it. I. I Vice feel like is I'm, like. Um, it's probably Vice is my favorite. Really. I, I think Vice really, yeah, like, it's just Adam, I, I like what Adam McKay does. I, I, I can't pretend I don't love, like, it's, yeah, it's not subtle, but, like, fuck, it doesn't have, it does, it's not, it's not trying to be. That's, like, the thing, like, don't, like, it's not trying, if it was trying to be subtle, like, Adam McKay just isn't trying to be subtle. He's just being like, look, I'm gonna fucking hit you over the head with my messages, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. Like, I don't, I'm not bothered by that. You know, I'm, I can, yeah. I can, I can go with that. I think sometimes you just gotta get like whack in the face with a sledgehammer by a movie's message. Like, I'm fine with that. I think that being subtle sometimes is just like 
who who needs it? There's enough subtle films. Let Adam McKay mm. just have yeah. no subtlety whatsoever. Just be very yeah. overt, you know? I think we've talked about the favorite enough. I think I've made my point. I give it a seven. <laughs> Gonna I'm bracing myself for the flurry of anger and annoyance that you're going to send my way. Yeah, I'm I'm casting spells and hexes right now. I you're not going to have a lovely time, my guy. I I would give it a solid mediocre 10 out of 10. It's one of my favorite films, <laughs> pun intended. I love it. I love the favorite so much. I want to rewatch it now. What can I say? I like me some silly fun just good times. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that's tr- truly a way to describe the favorite as I'm thinking about it. But yeah, yeah I, I, I guess stand by yeah, it. I stand by it. it's. I guess like some of, it, like it's a film that like if you can go with it, like like that's it. That's what I found. Like I can appreciate when a film like just isn't quite working for me, but I can see how like oh, if this is your thing, it will work for you. You know, or vice versa. Yeah. You know, if, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. You know, it's not. I don't think it's a bad film by any means. Like I think it's a very well. Okay, here's a problem I do actually have with it. Why the fuck? Oh. Your ghost lamp the most use fisheye lenses. Like, what is the Cause it's why? Fun. I like he did. Like I think Porthos has a bit has oh, a few shots like that as well. But I think it works a bit more in poor things. To be honest, I think with poor things, it's like the film is like very out there. So I'm like, okay. Whereas I think the favorite is more. I don't know. Grounded is necessarily. I guess grounded is kind of the word I'm looking for, but not really. Whereas the poor things is literally just just mental just like it's a frankenstein story so i'm less bothered by it when it does like weird like camp when it uses different kinds of camera lenses like that's it, it's just like but the favorite it took me out of it a bit i was like okay I'm not sure about that you're just doing thing i guess i don't know i don't really have a justification for it He's <laughs> just he just does it and I'm okay with it because it looks kind of mm. cool. I was yeah. like, ooh, wow, he moved the camera. And I thought that was cool. Maybe that's the no offense, but maybe that's the difference. I'm like and not not as like I'm not trying to insult you, but I think like <laughs> oh there's God. different ways in which we sort of view like cause I feel like you're more generous about things than I am. Which isn't a problem. It's just like I'm more I guess harsh is the word I'm looking for. Like, and that's mm. not a problem. Like, I'm just like, yeah. It, and I think you know, I I try not to be overly generous. Like, I'm like, I'm not throwing out ten out of tens all the time, you know, because I'm like, you know, if if <laughs> it do, needs I like if it's gonna be, if it's if it's like gonna be a ten, it needs to. It's usually like on for films anyway. It's like repeat viewings of films. I'm like, okay, I've seen this film a couple mm. times. It's that good. You know, but yeah, so we're tying this episode into the release of Poor Things, and I have seen it. I I went to a film festival. I was very, it was a packed screening when I saw it. Like, like it was (laughs) full. Like, there were people on my, because my friend was on one side, and there was like an old couple on the other side. And I was like, oh boy, I I wonder if they know what they're in in for. And and the guy asked me, he's like, this is for Poor Things, right? And I'm like, yep. And I'm like, okay, so this is definitely the movie he's meant to be in. He's definitely, <laughs> and I was just like, at, there were times where I wanted to just like look over and be like, what's this guy's reaction to this? Because like he was an older guy, but I was just so, I was just like so focused. And I felt like that would be a bit weird if I just looked over at a stranger's like, what's he making <laughs> of this? And he's there with, I think his wife, 
And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Because I, because I, I looked around, and I'm like, most of these people are like 20, 30 something year old film students. I'm like, I, okay, this makes sense. And then there's just an old couple next to me. I'm like, interesting. <laughs> not, uh, not what I expected. And the film, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I messaged you after I saw it, and I was like, yeah. yeah. It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, one of the best of the year. I think it, it just, it's his, I mean, I've only seen three of his films, but I think it's very easily <laughs> the best of the three. It just, it just, it's probably the funniest film I've seen, like, from this year. I, I think it, it was just, some of it was just like, some of it was sort of like this, the fuck? I was just laughing at how, like, what the fuck is this? There's, like, certain moments where I was like, what is this, what is this film doing? And I was just, and I, there's a specific moment in it, and I was looking over at my friend just to get his reaction, and he just was, like, mouth agape, like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Because I was like, this is funny, and, like, I know it's meant to be funny, but like, yeah, it's fucking, it's, this is, it's very weird, but it never felt, it like occasionally felt like weirdness for weird's sake, but so much of the film was just like, just fun. Like it's, it was just mm. pure fun. Yeah, it, it was fucking great. <laughs> I, I, I can't like, like performance wise, just fantastic. I'm just, just, just talking a lot now. This oh no, no worries. But like, yeah, no, a stone fucking just it, like she's if she does it in the Oscar, which I mean, it'd be weird if she didn't at this point because it seems like an obvious win. It would be like, what, what, why, how did that not happen? Because it just seems like an obvious slam dunk mm. of an Oscar. <laughs> uh, Mark Ruffalo, yeah, he should be winning. Like, look, I love Gosling. Ooh. I love Gosling and Barbie. Don't get me wrong. Ooh. Gosling mm. is great. But Mark Ruffalo is the best comedic performance of the year. Like, he's so just funny. And it's with the simplest things, like head turns are just like the, or he just like, he just like, it's just, it's just so, I just couldn't, I was like, because I, I, I didn't think the favorite was particularly funny. And I sort of went in expecting that. And I was like, okay, I heard poor things mm -hmm. is funny, but it actually was funny. Like it, it was a genuine like laugh out. Like this like there were just moments where we could not hear this, like what the characters were saying. Like we were like that's how loud my showing was. Like we just like could not hear the movie. And I'm like, man, subtitle I really wish I wanted to Yeah, it should be it should be sweeping technicals, to be honest. I mean, I think I prefer Saltburn cinematography, like just a little bit more. But like yeah, costume-wise, it's, it's great. The production design is incredible. Like it's such a great use of color as well. Like the way colors sort of contrast with each other. Like it's it's vibrant. It's in you know it's yeah it's it's I I, I, I loved it. I can't I I really want to see it again. I never want to. I I don't get that with new films i'm like i'm like I've, I've seen that film i'm just not gonna watch it now for a few years because i don't mm. you know there's other films but i want to watch it again oh, all right um when i was reading the 
book, I was kind of taken by how both like really weird, really funny, like I was genuinely laughing out loud as I was reading the book, which does not happen for me. Like ever. I don't think but I've also ever had how reading the book. No, yeah, but I, I just I thought yet. some of like the lines in here are just so funny. I couldn't help myself. But it's also just weirdly earnest as well. Do you think that the film sort of has those three tones? Do you think it does that a bit? Or how do you describe it's, the tone of the film is what I'm asking? It's, there's, a, there's a real sense of like, like this is a film that if you explained it to conservatives, they get upset <laughs> because it's a very, it's, a, it's about like, it's like it's a woman who like, is very like wants to help people and wants to do the right thing and wants to sort of help women and everything you know like it's that mm -hmm. kind of film and i think like it really like the film can get dark when it wants to like there's some there's a couple sort of scenes that i'm like oh that's pretty dark but it doesn't feel tonal it doesn't feel out of place tonally it's like no that makes a mm. ton of sense but there's a genuine yeah like it's there's a lot of fun that to be had with it it's yeah it's very yeah uh, like like emma stone her cat like bella baxter you know she's a very earnest character you know she's a very yeah. happy she just wants to you know she's very blunt because she's you know a, a character she's you know basically she's like a child you know in, a, in an yeah. adult body but there's a yeah there's a, a real earnest yeah a real earnestness and a real like yeah no it's it's a very it's it's a it's a it's got yeah no it's got some dark moments but it's very positive you know it it, it the film doesn't it focuses on the dark stuff but it that doesn't overshadow the uh hack the sort of yeah happiness and um the positive side of it as well like you know it it it, it it sort of is able to play both sides uh, very well. It, it it it's 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 very good at balancing tone. Yeah, that's that's a real relief to hear. I'm I genuinely cannot wait to see poor things because as someone who does really like the style of Jorgos Santamos, who thinks Tony McNamara is a fantastic writer, who is a big fan of Emma Stone, I think I've liked her in pretty much everything I've seen her, and I think she enhances everything she's in. And just as someone who genuinely loves the concept, loves the book and everything, it just sounds like a film kind of made perfectly for me. And it sort of sounds mm. like it would be the best film in his filmography, in Yorgos's filmography. And I'm just genuinely cannot wait for December 8th. I desperately need to see this movie. But yeah. Yeah. So to listen to Poor Things good like um, I'm, I'm interested in more people seeing because i don't know that many people who have actually seen it um just because like hasn't come out properly yet but uh, th th this, this episode was delayed by a while because they delayed the movie because of those those strikes that happened but yeah so yeah we we're pl i was planning to do this back in september uh but now it's here in december and we still did it thank you for joining me for this week well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed doing this. And I love debating with you and proving why all of your opinions are wrong and why all of my opinions are right. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, where, uh, for the listeners, where else can they, is there anything you want to plug before I wrap this up? Ooh, okay. I'm going to plug my Serialized, which is can be found at Little Lucky. 
I'm going to plug the Midnight Critics Circle, which I'm a big part of. It's a very cool website that William is also a part of and reviews mm. tons of movies on video video games and TV shows. And it's a great website. And you should follow that at um, Midnight Critics C on Twitter or just type in midnightcritics.com and you'll find our website. I go read my mediocre reviews of of things go go read those <laughs> definitely um, you have to or you're not a real fan you're not a real fan if you don't yeah um listen to all the old episodes i've done i've done so many um go listen which, uh, i'm trying to think you were asking me before we started amy which ones i'm proud of go listen yeah i've done two valentine's day specials on the 50 shades films on the first two go listen to those <laughs> those are some of the most fun I've ever had recording, um, like genuinely, they're they because the films are just so awful, and it's me and two other friends, and we're just talking about how fu- and and because we're, we're both like, because when we recorded the first one, we were like eighteen, like we're we're like eighteen year olds, and we're just like this is shit, this is just not, and then and then we talked, then we did the second one, and we're like this is shit, and so we're gonna more than likely the third one next year. And then we'll have to find something else to do for the annual Valentine special. Uh, listen to my uh, Pleasantville episode. That was the first one I did after um, my dad passed. And so it's like, that one's for him. So go listen to that one, because I put a lot of time into that one. And then just see what else tickles your fancy. I, I'm not going to... Just just what, just listen to whatever, really. Just listen to... Just just any of them will, will be fine. Like literally, just any of them, even even the ones that aren't that good. Just listen to any of them, and and share with your friends, your family. Rate me on Spotify and on i on Apple Podcast. Rate me on. I'm on like every podcast platform basically. So go go find them, go go rate them, and then <laughs> spread the word so more people listen. So I can, you know, more people know about this, and I get more listeners because that's yeah. What, you know. Uh, but yeah. That's pretty much all. Um, nearly end of the year. Got like three episodes left. Yeah, thank you all for listening to this one, and I'll see you all in the next one. Goodbye.